So in addition to all of the great things that are going to happen in the future, I do want to say a very special thank you to Justin and Philip and the whole Young Adult Leadership Committee and especially to Monica and to Rabbi Rodich and to Cantor Addy and to Jonathan and to Eric um, for holding down the fort, holding down the dome for the last six months. Um, and I had uh, no doubt that when I came back tonight it would be full of young Jews who wanted to just be together and have a little bit of that uh, Shabbat spirit. So it gives me a lot of pleasure to come back really and feel this um, this sense of home from all of you. And uh, what I wanted to talk about tonight is that during the last six months of my sabbatical, I didn't really want to talk about the things that I had um, planned on doing. I wanted to talk about the things that were unanticipated that came up. Um, and there were a few things that were really unanticipated that I never um, actually imagined myself doing at any point in my life. Um, and so I wanted to ask you, if you could think back to a point when you were a lot younger, um, if there was something that you, or somebody that you saw, or something that you heard and you said, I would never do that. That is so not me. You'll never, like in my entire life, I would never do that. So think about that for a second. If you can remember back to being a little bit younger, what was that thing that you said, one or two things maybe? I would never catch me ever doing that. So whatever that is, when that comes into your mind, Turn to somebody next to you and tell them what that thing was, okay? I would never do that, ever. Okay, shh. That was a lot. You guys were very inhibited as children. <laughs> so, the reason I asked you that is because, as I said to you, there were you know a couple of things that a um, couple of things that I did that I never actually imagined in my entire life doing because they were so not me. Um, one of them, um, actually. All three of them have to do with fasting. How many people here have ever fasted? Wait, I see people who I've seen here on Yom Kippur and you're not raising your hand? <laughs> oh. Um, and, the, and the truth is when my partner Justine is sitting here, she said, what's the longest time you've ever fasted? And I said, well, outside of Yom Kippur? And she said, outside of Yom Kippur, what's the longest time you've ever fasted? And I said, like 15, 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> Um, and you know, there's there's only six fast days in the entire Jewish calendar. So, fat, you know, feasting is Jewish, not fasting. Um, but what I really came to is this idea that in order, especially on Shabbat, um, to get to that sense of feasting, um, I really started exploring what does it mean? What do you get out of fasting? And most of the time, people when they think about you know 
the Yom Kippur fast, what are you focused on? The break the fast, right? You're focused on, you know, hour 25. Um, and you know, there's when you're when when you prepare for a, pa a fast. A lot of time you're thinking like, what what can't I eat? What am I going to miss out on? You know, the it's like a fear of missing out. It's called fafomo. It's a fasting fear of missing out. Fafomo. <laughs> and so I um, I turned to the traditional haftor reading from Yom Kippur, which is all about the fast that. God really wants from us. And I wanted to remind you, this is what we read every single Yom Kippur from the book of Isaiah. And the people say to God, why when we fasted didn't you see us? When we starved our bodies, did you pay us no heed? And God says, because on your fast day, you see to your business, you oppress your laborers, you fast when you're fighting with each other st with strife and contention, you strike with a wicked fist. Your fasting today is not such as to make your voice heard on high. And God says, is this the fast that I desire from you? A day for you to starve your bodies? Is it bowing the head like a bulrush and lying in sackcloth and ashes? And God says, no. The fast that I desire of every human being is this one. To unlock the fetters of wickedness, to untie the cords of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, to break off every yoke. It's to share your bread with the hungry, to take the wretched poor into your home, when you see the naked to clothe him and not to ignore your own kin. Only then shall your light burst through like the dawn and your healing spring up quickly. So this is not an excuse not to fast on Yom Kippur, but I think it's the opposite, which is what, what does fasting give you versus what don't you get when you're doing something you take away from yourself? And the three things that I fasted from, one was people. When I took a sabbatical, I wasn't inundated with people. I had some solitude. I had some real partner time with Justine. Um, and you know, even though some people imagine it would be um, an interesting experience to spend a lot of time with me, I think you deserve a t-shirt that says, like, I survived Sid's sabbatical. <laughs> she spent the whole six months with me, and we're still together. So, um, so I'm not a solitary person, I'm an extrovert. And so I get a lot of energy from being around people. And so to have that time, I, I thought it was, it made me nervous thinking about not being around a lot of people all the time, but it gave me so much. It gave me a lot of interior, inside space to do the things that I hadn't been doing when I was completely inundated by people. Um, and with that six months, I feel like I'm ready to be inundated again because I've had that space inside myself. The second thing was that, um, one of the things I said I really is like so not me, I'd never do was go on a backpacking trip. Because I didn't think it was a very Jewish thing to do. <laughs> and uh, so I, you know, I had gone on a couple of short backpacking trips, but my son was in Chile this year, living there for six months, and he called me and he said he was thinking about going on his first ever solo backpacking trip on a nine day, 90 mile trip in Patagonia, alone. And I said, why are you calling me? To worry me? <laughs> he said, you can't do that. Just go with your friends. You can't go on your, like a nine-day trip alone in Patagonia. Where is Patagonia anyway? He said, it's the very bottom of Chile. And uh, he invited me. And I thought to myself, I'm not a backpacker. I don't backpack. That was one of those things where when I was younger, I don't backpack. I'm like a nerdy lesbian going to rabbinical school. We don't backpack. <laughs> 
And he knew that about me. And so um, he'd either gone crazy or he was brave. Um, but like, imagine if you're 20 actually inviting like, your mom to be alone with you for almost two weeks in the middle of nowhere. And so um, with love and support, I like, dehydrated all of our food over a course of a week, because um, that's what Jewish mothers do, and um, got on a plane and went down with him. And that fast was a fast from technology. And what I came to realize, um, for almost a month, I was off the internet and off my phone. And that's also something you can't really do alone because you know, I was saying to people that like, if you're off your phone and you're off of technology, somebody's going to show you their phone or they're going to say something. It's always in the air. And the only way you can really detox and take a fast from technology is if you're in a place where there isn't any. And so there were no phones and there was no internet in Patagonia and we traveled 90 miles together over nine days backpacking through, um, Sean Alpert was there a week later and our friend David Miller from the Young Adult Community was there a week later and um, we didn't see them. The other thing was I didn't see anybody that I recognized for 10 days. And that like, it's not like me at Pete's here in San Francisco. That was, a, that was an incredible feeling of, you know, anonymity in nature. And, the, and that detox, that fast from technology, was really important. Because I didn't feel like I missed anything on my phone. I was with my son. I was with God. I was in nature. Um, and uh, when, when he finally turned his phone on, because I left my phone in Santiago, Chile, he turned on his phone and he goes, do you want to hear about Trump? I said, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't need to, but what I can tell you is we, it, it was great not being on the internet and not being on my phone for, for that period of time. But um, how easy was it the day I turned everything on just to get back on? It was so easy. But that time and that space where I fasted literally gave me so much more because what I realized is how much time I'm actually, we are actually on a screen. I didn't really realize it. Um, even though I harangue kids all the time about how much time they're on a screen, just how much time we're on it and how much of a time suck it is. On Shabbat, we're instructed to fast from that stuff so that we can get a little bit more of spiritual sustenance, so we can change the world. And the final fast that I did, and this was Justine's idea, um, was a fast fast. And we did a fast for nine days. The master cleanse. You can look it up online. Why, what are you laughing about? You weren't with me. <laughs> but it, I was kind of terrified. I was like, we're not going to eat for nine days. Can you live through that? And that was another thing. That was actually the one thing when I saw people fasting in, in college. I was like, what's wrong with them? Like, why, what, what do you fast to do? Like, why are you fasting for that much time? And again, it was one of those things where I thought I was going to be giving up so much. And the space and the time and the clarity that I got from just not doing something that I did every single day reminded me so much about what we're supposed to be doing today on Shabbat, which is taking time away from the ordinary and embracing whatever it is that's sacred in our lives. It's very hard to do, to let go of the ordinary, to let go of our phone, to let go of the mundane, let go of our work, and embrace whatever in our interior world needs its own repair in order to repair the outside world. And so my invitation to you is on this Shabbat ahead of you, take some time to think about what it is that might be important for you to do without that might be something that fills your soul, fills you with inspiration, gives you something that you might not even anticipate 
that you get out of that fast, whatever it is, but that you desperately need. And so now I'm going to ask you to think about that question from the very beginning. What was it when you were younger that you said you'd never ever do that was so not you? And if it's something that you uh, can imagine doing now, or if there's something right now that you could think of that you're looking at the future and saying, that's so not me, I, I would never do that. I want to ask you at some point this year to take it upon yourself to take a risk and to do something that is totally unanticipated and I guarantee what the results are going to be for you um, are some, somewhat indescribable but will enrich your spirit and enrich your soul. And you really don't need six months to do it. Um, you just need 25 hours every single week and it's called Shabbat. And I'm reminded so often of what Rabbi Eliezer teaches us, if not now, when? Shabbat Shalom. And if, you know, you need a great line for downstairs when you meet somebody you want to talk to, you could just tell them what that one thing was that maybe you were embarrassed about and if you did it or not. Okay? That's the line for downstairs. We're going to continue now with the Alenu, which is found on page 282. Please rise. <laughs> 